See, that, that's what happens when you tell her, when I tell her what I'm going to preach. She, one of these days, I'm just going to let her go. And I'm going to say, you get to do it. Amen? Amen. How many did receive an outline today that says on the top, God never changes? Did anybody not receive one that needs one? Raise your hand. Okay, there's one over here. We'll make sure that you get that outline. Thank you, everybody, for coming together today and joining us in service. And those of you online, we want to thank you for being with us as well today. And uh, you know that statistic that Sherry shared regarding the uh, only 6% of Christians have a truly biblical worldview and view the world through the lens of what God's Word says. And... uh, I just pray for a Bible revival. Amen? And today, we're going to get into the Word of God, and we're going to be Bible-intensive. Is that okay with everybody? Is it okay if I read what God says more than what I say? Amen. Because I believe God knows more than all of us combined. And uh, I just had upon my heart this thought that God never changes. When we all look around, like Sherry earlier said, changes just keep happening over and over and over. And I want us to open up with the book of Malachi chapter 3. And I want you to see in verse 6 God's Word. And as I go through these verses, you can follow along in your outline. I'm going to give you a few fill in the blanks. So be listening for the the answer to that, that fill in the blank. But here's what I want us to see first and foremost. Let this be the foundation to everything we look at today. This is God speaking to his children. He said, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. The very first thing that I want you to write down is that God says he does not change. Would you say, no change? When it comes to God, there's no change. And the truth of this verse will give you stability in an unstable world. You say, Pastor, how can I navigate change? Stay connected to the one who doesn't change. Don't leave your foundation. You see, the truth of this will give you stability where all around you, is instability, no matter what happens. You'll be stable no matter what. God says, I do not change. And can I just say, change is highly overrated. Highly. Unless it's to make you more like Jesus. Now, that kind of change I can get behind. If I need to change to be more like him, bring it on. And it doesn't matter what he puts his finger on and says, change that. We line up with him, we'll be stable. In fact, where we're unstable or where we have instability, we're probably not like God in that area. Can I hear an amen? 
Now, we've been through some changes in our life. I was just thinking of a few. I've got more that I'm going to share later on because I know that this is going to be at least a two-part service sermon. But I remember growing up, my, my mind automatically went, um, I've got a 55-inch uh, um, plasma TV that's high-def and uh, digital. Now, I've had it for about 10 years, but before that, how many of you remember tube type and analog? And even before the tube type, even before the type that was the old CRT-looking, big-backed, 100-pound thing that you had to carry into your house, and you had to have one of those, uh, you know, entertainment centers just to hold it up. But I remember prior to that, you had these big console units, Zenith had, you had your TV in the middle, you had your really nice high-fidelity speakers on the side, you had your LP player in this little cabinet. Wasn't that a wonderful piece of equipment? And you turned it on. I think I turned it on. And all of a sudden, we go, We've seen some changes. Now we carry televisions around called cell phones. Amen? How about computers? I mean, I can remember my first one. It was in uh, about the year 1991. And uh, you had to work with DOS. Anybody remember DOS? You had to program your programs. I mean, that's the way DOS worked. That's before Windows came out. Well, my computer had a CPU that was 4 megahertz. You heard that right. Megahertz. Not gigahertz. 4 megahertz. And it had a button on it that you could push, and the button was called turbo. And you hit that turbo button, and now you're operating at 8 megahertz. Blazing speed. How many of you have changed in your bodies? Man, it's tough to pull out them old boxes of pictures, isn't it? Guys, you're looking at yourself and you're like, I did have hair. Man, I forgot. Now I got a helicopter pad over here. I got a couple of couple of lanes of traffic for some flies to land over on this fly strip and that fly strip. And ladies, you know, I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to comment because I'm going to get in trouble. But how many of you notice you're getting older? You know, the things that you used to be able to do physically are getting harder to do. How many of, how many of you have changed? Now, I believe each one of us here have our own list of changes. And unfortunately, some are good and some are bad. Not so good. Our world has changed. Church America has changed. And in the midst of this, nothing is more comforting to know that there is a God who never changes 
and to have a secure relationship with Him. Because change always seems to be threatening us. Whether it is encountered by a child who graduates from middle school and they go into high school where they used to be king of the hill and now they're the bottom of the rung. Or some of you maybe have, you have kids, they graduate high school and now they're going out into the world. Or maybe you're an aged pensioner who has to leave the home where you have lived for 40 years and you have to take up residence in a care facility, whatever it is, there's change. But the Bible says, I am your Lord and I do not change. If you are God's child, that thought right there should bring great comfort to your heart. And you know, church, no one in his right mind would deny the fact that our generation has seen more changes in a given time period than any other generation in all history. I mean, I was thinking about this. Those that were, um, my great-grandmother got to see transportation change from horses before cars. Then when cars were invented, those who used to ride the horse was afraid to get in a car. Then she saw the invention of the airplane and found that those who were afraid, who weren't afraid to get in the car, were now afraid to get on the plane. And we've just kind of gone back around because now those of us who aren't afraid to get on a plane, many of you are afraid to get on a horse. That's how much we change. How many ever heard a grandparent talk about how long it took him to get to school? Of course, snow was thrown in there in winter and uphill this way and that way and on and on. And, and I'm sure it was true. I'm sure it was true. I don't know how hills change directions going and coming, but maybe they had a different direction they went home. I want you to see here in Psalm 102... How many of you are doing good today? Look at verses 25 through 27. In time of old, you founded the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Even they will perish, but you endure. All of them will wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years will not come to an end. God says, I never change. The second thing I want you to see is God and His ways are everlasting. Everlasting. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28, and I've just given you these scriptures as a reference out on your notes, and here they are. We're going to just take them individually. The Bible says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting, say it, the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint. He does not grow weary. We sang that today. His understanding, it's unsearchable, it's unknowable. Moses tells us this in Psalm chapter 90 in verse 2. He says, before the mountains were brought forth, or you ever, 
or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting you are God. Now, Pastor, what does that mean? That means from everlasting past, which had no beginning, to everlasting future, which has no end, you were there. You are God. From as far back as you can think, and you can't get to the beginning because God doesn't have a beginning. He's always been. I can't even think on that for very long because my mind starts trying to explode. I'm like, no, wait, the beginning. And I'm like, but there wasn't a beginning because he was before the beginning. And then I can't, I can't, I can't, my mind can't handle it. So I go, well, the end, well, there's never an end. It just keeps going. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 17 says, Now to the king, say it, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory. How long? Forever and ever. We got eternity there. We have forever there. We have ever there. Do you see it? You see, to be everlasting means to be forever past and forever future. God outlasts all changes man invents. How many people do you know around you that have changed? How many people do you know around you that have drifted away from following God? How many people do you know that no longer have the same set of morals they used to? They're accepting all the change. They accept now what once they rejected. And they reject now what once they accepted. We're even having whole churches do this. We're having whole denominations do this. If it's a difficulty... The Bible says, if it is with difficulty that the righteous are saved, what's going to happen to the unsaved? Well, if those who are given the truth of God's Word change from preaching what that Word says to preach, people are not going to be able to get saved. Am I making sense to you? You see, God isn't like this. God doesn't change. You can count on Him having the same morals in 2022 B.C. as He has in 2022 A.D. They haven't changed. They haven't changed. So, God doesn't change. God and His ways, number two, are everlasting. Number three, God is not like man. Can you say, thank God? Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that He should lie. How many times are we being lied to? Psychology has lied to us. Well, Pastor, how has psychology lied to us? Because what was a mental illness in 1978 is no longer today. 
God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. What that means is change his mind. He's not going to change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? You see, and that's saying that when God speaks, you can, get, you can bank on it. If he gives a promise, he's not going to be like a politician that wants to get your vote and then never do what he promised to do. God is not like man. Number four, and I love this set right here. This is the part I just love. God stays the same. He stays the same. Look at Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That's a great scripture. You see, no matter what the future holds, church, we can rest in the fact he will never change. He's an immovable foundation. I'm telling you, when Jesus said a fool makes his house on the sand, the shifting sand, that's like what a man will do and say, well, I believe this this year, and 10 years down the road says, well, I no longer believe that. Now I believe that this year is what I believe. And it may be totally opposed to what he believed before. But God said, Jesus said, if a man will build his house on the rock, he will be immovable. He will not be able to be moved. The storms of life will come upon him. Changes will happen. The floods may try to come and overtake him. He won't get, he won't get moved. He won't get taken out. The foundation is solid. And see, that's the problem, is if your foundation is on shifting sand, if your foundation is on humanity, if your foundation is on a human belief, that human belief is going to shift, that human belief is going to change, that human uh, standard, depending upon the conversations and the hot topic word today is narrative, If the narrative changes, the standard changes. But God, it doesn't matter what the narrative is. The foundation's firm. I can, I, I can bank it's going to be the same. And you know what? We need that. Kids need that. You know, kids need to know. Here's the whole thing about kids trying the boundaries. They just need to know, are they going to move? That's all it is with a kid throwing a fit in the store. They know in the store, mom's not going to do what she does at home. So they know, you know what, I'm going to push this a little bit further. I want that piece of candy right there, and if I don't get it, I'm going to flail, and I'm going to throw a fit, and I'm going to embarrass that lady. You say those little kids can't think that. Oh, yes, they can. Teenagers do the same thing. Parent says, here's the wall. Kid throws a fit. You don't let me do anything. You don't do that. Guilt. Teenagers are great with guilt tripping. 
You say, ah, my teenager, yeah, your teenager knows how to do that. Now, I'm not saying every teenager, I'm not saying everybody across the, but I'm saying even in adult relationships, we know how to manipulate. People can get their way by crying. People can get their way by being angry. How many of you will give to somebody because they fly off the handle something that they asked for because you just don't want them to fly off the handle anymore? The foundation is firm. The wall isn't going to change. Well, this is no longer sin, so you got to accept. No, the, the wall's still the same. Amen? Foundation's still there. Uh, yet that's not going to move. So how is God the same? Well, I want to just say this. His promises are to stay the same. Look at 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. Is everybody okay? The Lord is not slow or slack about his promise, as some count slowness. Some people say, well, Lord, you're not giving me that promise. He's being patient, look at this, but is patient toward you, not willing or wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God doesn't want anyone to perish. That will never change. God says, I promise to forgive anyone who will repent and come to him. He promises that. And he is patient toward his people. He's, the Bible, King James Version says, long-suffering. Look at uh, how his love stays the same. His promises stay the same, but so does his love. You say, well, pastor, does God really love us? Yes, he loves us. Look at John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, you can say this with me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. Well, how does he do it? In that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved you before you were ever born. Can I throw another one out? He knew you before he even began the world. You say, well, now how do you know that? Because the Bible says Christ was crucified before the foundation of the earth. God made Adam and Eve knowing they were going to fail him. God made Adam and Eve knowing they would sin. But he already had the plan. His grace stays the same. Look at this one. Do you see why I like this, se- this section right here? The Bible says in John 1.17, For the law was given by Moses. How many of you have been able to keep the law? You know what? We've been given the Ten Commandments. We have a tough time just getting the Ten done. There are over 400 laws, moral and ceremonial and sacrificial, and we couldn't meet them. God knew that. And church, can I say this? Jesus didn't come to abolish it. He came to fulfill it, and he did. Now notice this. The law was given by Moses... But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. 
came by the foundation. So his promises stay the same. His love stays the same. His grace stays the same. And aren't you thankful, next of all, his patience stays the same. How many of you tried the Lord's patience? Don't raise your hand. But your spouse does. First Peter chapter 3, verse 19 and verse 20 says, By which also Jesus went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering or patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Many scholars believe that the ark was over 100 years in the making. And as Noah was building this ark, as he was building this boat, the people were laughing at him. They had not seen a boat. And as they were building the boat, the evangelist Noah was preaching righteousness. The Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness. He told them the flood was coming. He said that there was judgment coming. Jesus said, so shall it be in the last days like they were in Noah's days. It will be just like the days of Noah when people were marrying and giving in marriage and eating and drinking and selling and buying. And all of a sudden, boom, that day comes. You see, there was a day after all of the animals came two by two and seven by seven, two by two, unclean, seven by seven, clean, for sacrifice. The Bible says that on the day the flood came, Noah didn't shut the door. God did. That meant no one else could get in. Noah didn't shut it, so Noah couldn't open it. And outside, before the ark is probably even taken away, listen to me. Noah heard their cries. Don't you know he wanted to save them? But they made their choice. They laughed and mocked the preacher instead of received an ark of safety. And God's patience, I've heard this before. We in many ways seem to be as bad as Noah's day in Sodom and Gomorrah. Why isn't God judging America? That right there. His patience, right there. The patience of God keeps waiting. And just, I believe, as God is waiting for the people to come to Him, He's waiting for the church to preach what He's saying. Notice this, His faithfulness stays the same. Thank you for that, Lord. Look at Psalm 11990. Your faithfulness endures, how long? To all generations. You have established the earth 
and it stands fast. Look at 2 Timothy 2.13. This is an awesome scripture. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Man, that right there proves that faithfulness will never change. Even if we're faithless, he's going to remain faithful because he can't deny himself. That means even if people turn their back on him, he will always be reaching out to them to come back to him. The Bible says, have you ever read that scripture? And there will be many, many things it says, and then at the end it says, and his hand is still stretched out. Or his hand is stretched out still. And his hand is stretched out still. Can I just say today, in 2022, his hand is stretched out still. His hand will be stretched out to receive anyone who will repent. I love the next one. His word stays the same. Look at Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Psalm 119.89 tells us, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven or firmly fixed in the heavens. Firmly fixed, firm. Say firm. The word of God is firm. It's solid. It's not going to change. It stays the same. What it meant in 2022 B.C., it still means in 2022 A.D. What's interesting is I read the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon. He says, there is none righteous. Nobody. Not one. He sees the same thing going on, and I look and read what he says, and it's happening the same way today. And really, when he comes down to the end of his life, he says, this is what I have found. When you boil it all down, we're all going to answer to God. His word stays the same. That means everything God says or has said will last for all eternity. What God's called sin, it'll always be sin. What God calls love, it'll always be true love. What God calls forgiveness will always be true forgiveness. What God calls repentance will always be repentance. Repentance means an about face, a 180. That that means you're no longer doing that. You're no longer living that. You're no longer walking that way. You're no longer talking that way. You're no longer living that way. And this was and is and always will be. His gifts stay the same. Are you still with me? I'm winding it up. Look at James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God says, In his word here, neither shadow of turning. That means there is no variation in him. There's no variant of truth. There's just truth. There is no shadow in him due to change. This means God will never be less than he is now or ever be different from what he has already revealed himself to be in the past. This means that his essential being, this means his attributes are always the same. This includes the fact that he is without beginning or end. 
He is not only unchanging, but He is just. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is ever-present. He is holy. He is faithful. He is loving. God is also unchanging in His faithfulness to us, in His wisdom, and in His counsel. How many of you have ever needed counsel? Wise counsel. Here's my next point. His counsel stays the same. It's not going to be like a psychology book from 1978 and you pick up another one today in 2022 and the authors are contradicting what the author said in 1978. His counsel stays the same. Look at Psalm 33:11. It tells us this. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Well, pastor, how do you know that it's going to be forever? Well, first of all, he said it and then he followed it up by saying to all generations. That means once I'm gone, my, my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, my great-great-grandkids, on and on and on. It doesn't matter. It's always going to be the same. His counsel stays the same. In that great hymn of old, seldom heard today, written by Thomas Chisholm, there is a line, and it goes like this. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. It's called great is thy faithfulness. God does not change. But let me close and say, but not all change is bad. Look at your neighbor and say, not all change is bad. Sometimes it's good for us to change. Thank God for that. I'm glad clothing styles change. I didn't like the 70s style the first time around. And now they're coming back. I saw these bell bottoms. Bell bottoms. Now, I know. Me and my daughter, we just, we just, clothing's just not the same thing we agree on. You remember the bell bottoms, y'all? I'm talking about the big, I didn't like them the first go around. They're bigger this go around. They're bigger. How many of you are not what you used to be? Praise God, I'm not what I used to be because he changed me when I met him. My prayer today is, Lord, please change people to come to your loving hand. Whatever it takes, just change them to come to your loving hand. I've seen many people coming through our church doors, and I also have seen them go. It's been years now, but I've had people get up and walk out on a message because I hit on a subject they disagreed with me on, and it was sin. But... If people in 2022 would just simply humble themselves, seek God and pray, we'd have a revival. Here's what 2 Chronicles 7.14 says. If my people, you can say this with me, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Now notice the things God says to do. There's four things there. Five things. Humble yourself, pray, seek his face, turn from your wicked ways. Four things. Then I will 
do three things. I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. Now notice this. And I'm going to ask a question. Will God forgive anyone who does not do, first of all, what he says to do? Why are people in hell today? Because they refuse to do what God said to do. Humble themselves. They wouldn't humble themselves. They wouldn't pray to him. They would not seek his face. And they refused to turn from their wicked ways. You see, here's the thing that I think sometimes we as humans, when we think about God, we think God's like us. And God's not like us. He said, if you want to know how different I, I am than you, my thoughts are not even your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how different my ways are than your ways. And you say, well, why wouldn't God take somebody to heaven that hadn't repented? Because they'd be in heaven in sin. Let's say the person died the night before they had an illicit relationship with someone not their spouse, and they died that night, should God let them in heaven? The Bible says there is no adulterer that is going to be in heaven. So where is he? Does God not love him? Are you catching what I'm trying to say? It doesn't mean God doesn't love somebody because of what they choose. Neither height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor future, nor things in the past can keep us from the love of God, but we can keep ourselves from Him. That's why when I was asked many years ago, well, Pastor, is there any rock God can make that God can't move? And I said, He already did it. It's your will. He won't change your will. I told you God created Adam, and He knew Adam was going to sin. He knew Eve was going to sin. Now, if God knew that Adam and Eve were going to sin, why did he create them? He wanted fellowship with them. We're the crown of his creation. He loves us so much. He loves us so much, he sacrificed everything he had so we would live. And it's a free gift. And anyone who will receive it will live with him and walk with him. However, there is a point in the gift, even at Christmas time, if I, if, I, if I box up my present and I hand it to my child or I hand it to my spouse, they've got a part to play. Every one of you do at Christmas time. You got to receive it. In order for you to know what's in the gift, you got to open it. You got to, first of all, take it, receive it, unpackage it, open it, and use it. That gift will still be there under the tree if you keep your tree up all year long. I know some people do that and just kind of change, go to Valentine's and Easter and whatever. We take ours down and then we put it back up. But it would still be under that tree next year. And so many times people are like that with the gift of God that God has given to them year after year and day after day, and the gift's still there. God's hand is still stretched out. He's got the gift there, but they won't take it. I want to ask you, how would you feel if you were in God's hands 
or God's place wanting to give a gift, and it wouldn't be received. And you loved them with all your heart, but you couldn't change their heart. So what do you pray? You say, well, then, Pastor, what do I do? The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbelieving so that they will not see. So what do I do? I humble myself. I pray. I seek his face, and I pray God help them turn from their ways. Take off the blinders so they can see. And if they won't hear me, send somebody they will listen to. And this brings me to the church. I've seen so many changes in church. I've seen messages changing. I've heard people preaching another gospel, a love gospel that says God loves all. And everybody loves God. And everybody is going to be saved. Everybody's going to make heaven. I rarely attend a funeral where anybody doesn't. They're going to make it without repentance. I've heard some preach that Allah is God. Our God. There are some who teach things like Jesus actually died spiritually. To die spiritually means you sin. Jesus never sinned. To say Jesus died spiritually is blasphemy. We've heard that the old gospel, I've heard this before, Pastor, the old gospel drives people away, and you need programs, and you need entertainment, and you need a, a vision statement, and you need this, and you need that, and the list goes on. But all of this, I say, in all of this, God never changes. I, I read about John Wesley, Church John Wesley, the founder of the true Methodist Church of God preached a holiness. He literally had 40,000 people that would listen to him as his brother Charles is out there writing hymns. 40,000 people, no microphone. He was being bowling greens. And as he was preaching, he didn't even know what was going on. People were falling out under the power of God. And they would come up to John Weston and say, what's going on? He said, I don't know. Let's watch. And they said, well, John, how do you get so many people to your services? He said, all I do is I pray until I'm set on fire from on high, and people come to watch me burn. The cross is still the same. The blood is still the same. The truth is still the same. I believe in being positive. I believe in sharing the good news. But how many of you realize, listen to me, there is no good news until you face the bad news. The bad news is there's none righteous, no, not one, not even you. And without God, we're on our way to hell. Read it. Jesus spoke more on heaven at least twice the amount of times he spoke on hell than he did heaven. 
And Jesus was a positive preacher. Jesus preached peace. Jesus preached love. Jesus preached grace. Jesus preached truth. You see, the good news is that Jesus said this, even though there is none righteous, no, not one, this is what Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, no one comes unto the Father but by me. And church, you want to guess what I'm going to say next? That is still the same. He is still the only way to the Father. He is still the only real truth. And He is still the only one who can give us life. Life that's abundant and life that is eternal. And I say this as I close, we need to preach the cross to the world because that's the good news. What about 2022? Yes, people may let you down. Other things may let you down. Systems and governments and humanity may let you down, but God... Say the title with me. God never changes. He stays the same. Bow with me today. Father, I pray you would seal this inside of our heart, not just our mind, but deep inside of our heart. Lord, that we'll not get worried when we see the changes. We will not get consumed when we see how high groceries go and how high gas goes and how low morals go and how changes happen, and what, what, what this person's doing, or that person's doing, or this nation's doing, or that nation's doing, that we will remain constant. We will be immovable. We will be unchangeable. We will be un, un, uh, unfearable. We will not fear, Lord. Father, keep us firm on that foundation that never changes, and help us in the way you never change, to never change. But Lord, where we need to change to be more like you, hear that prayer we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you get something out of that today? Amen. I love you, God, or I love you guys, and I I love God too. And I love that he never changes. So go your way this week. Have a great week. God bless you.